0: In conversation with journalist, interviewer, and budding amateur photographer, Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens, and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 308 of So You Want to Be a Photographer, My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. Week two here of our uh, curfew and
2: uh, lockdown, and uh, I've just changed my whole mindset around this. I can't change the situation, but I can change Mm -hmm. the way I feel about it. So I'm just embracing it. I've accepted it, and it just makes life so much easier. I can't control what's going on around me. I can control how I feel about it, so I'm making the most of it. And I've been working really hard this week, creating new tutorials, working on my own photography as well, catching up with friends. I've had some great conversations with uh, friends this week, and I just uh, uh, connected with someone this morning. We spoke for three hours, Val, but get this. Multitasking. Guess what, what I did? I what? wiped down all the walls in my house, <laughs> okay. and it makes me so happy. So all the walls, the house is spotless now, and I got to have uh, a friend come along on the journey, and just we just chatted about <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of stuff, and it was really good. So I think I'm good. I'm good. I don't think say? I can
1: clean and talk on the phone at I had, the same but, but
2: time cleaning went. is so mindless it's like you know when I'm cleaning and I don't have someone to entertain me while I'm doing it, I like to listen to uh, either an audio book or a podcast while I'm cleaning but I keep getting mm. distracted because I can and I'm like let me just go look at this shiny thing and then you'll find a, something else and then you end up abandoning the cleaning so but this way I just kept cleaning and it was so it's all the boring like Cleaning skirting boards, Val, is not that exciting, is it? But when you're on the phone to a friend, it suddenly it's, it just gets done and I put stuff away.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, believe it this or not, a this cleaning is not show. so you want to be a cleaner. No. This is so you want to be a photographer. And this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the complete guide to working with speed lights for beginners and pros. Yeah. But <laughs> we do have to... Kind of figure we out to what we need doing. It's foreplay for
2: us. <laughs> you can't just go in cold in these things, Val. Like, you know, who does that? It's just like jump <laughs> straight into the straight into the conversation. People do. Sorry, I don't. I need to build up to the conversation and just talk a little bit of crap at the start. And um, you know, I do like that. Thank you. I like to oh warm up God. first. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm glad that you're making the most of your lockdown situation. Yes. When we, obviously, we're not experiencing in you're in Melbourne, I'm in Sydney. Yeah, uh, we're not experiencing the same thing as you at this point. We did obviously have the first lockdown, yeah. and um, that was actually kind of good timing for me because at the time of that lockdown, I happened to start a course, uh, an online course. Mm and it just enabled me to throw myself into it, and I got so much out yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, I just took it as an opportunity to stay at home and really focus on this course, and um, I reckon I would have got a lot less out of it if I was living my normal life, going yeah. out and, you know, spending time on other things. Um, this total immersion into the course was just a, a great thing for, for me, but obviously lockdown in general is not a great thing overall but mm. yes it's it is all about your mindset isn't
2: it? it it really is and it makes a huge difference and it's like you know it's like we will look back on this i know it's hard it's financially challenging for a lot of people socially you know it's challenging but like you know there are still things you can do to uh, you know help with the mindset and i think you know it's so important to stay connected and reach out to, you know, people that you might not have talked to, you'd never have the time and just have like really honest and um, authentic conversations. Not like, you know, little, you know, shallow ones. Like you want me to just jump into the topic, valve straight away. I like, I like a long chat. I really do.
1: <laughs>
2: you can't do a five minute chat with me anyway. No such thing.
1: Well, i am going to make you a bit jealous yeah because you can't go anywhere mm. but i can mm. and i am going to have a little break i'm heading
3: you're gonna leave the
1: house i'm gonna leave the house wow i know that sounds so lovely <laughs> so
2: hang on let me just um let me just unpack this so have you got your uh is your suitcase open and are you just sort of sorting through that you're getting all the stuff ready packing what to wear each yet, day you i know i will be and then you're gonna drive and then you're gonna plan on stopping and you might stop and get you know a grab a bite to eat you got your playlist <laughs> in the car oh my god this is foreplay <laughs> <laughs> keep talking dirty to me bell i'm loving it <laughs> this will be so nice
1: how long are you going to be away for the week well five days or so yeah I oh,
2: know I'm just seeing everyone uh, across the uh, the world in the the so you want to be a photographer Facebook group and the gold community as well they're like a lot of our, our listeners in the northern hemisphere are just enjoying like the UK is having like a sweltering summer and um and then the you know North America as well they're just having beautiful days everyone's out on their boats and at the beach and yeah I do have a bit of FOMO Val
1: but that's okay mm. that's okay and the wailing in the background is tiger oh, genus Ty. cat
2: i just made him chicken soup he oh, loves it cute. yeah, yeah. Sweetheart.
1: Um, so we want to give a big shout-out to everyone in the gold community. It was great to pop into the gold community this week to um, see this message from one of the members. Oh, Gina and Goldies, what a glorious feeling it is to walk into a strange location, set up the lights and nail it on the first test shot. All thanks to your guidance, Gina, over the past couple of weeks. I can take my little garage set up anywhere. That is so cool. I mean, it is so fantastic that really all of the resources in the gold community are—they're—they're they're not overly technical, even though they're based in uh, something that's very technical. The way Gina explains things and the way Gina gives you guide, guidelines and templates and diagrams on how to set up for a shot and how to use whatever it is that you want to be using, whether it's the your lens, whether it's your lighting equipment, uh, it's just. It's just awesome. And if you want to find out a little bit more about the Gold Community, have a listen to this.
2: This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. I loved mentoring Christy Hurd, who's been a member of our Gold Community. I've always encouraged members to pursue their own passion projects. Christy started taking photos of a Brad Pitt doll to practice her lighting setups. But this escalated into a full-blown passion project as she started to photograph Brad in a variety of different outfits and locations. Ultimately, she created a stunning coffee table book
3: of her images. Putting a book together is something that I've always dreamed of um, and I've actually done it. And I'm incredibly proud of it. And the feedback that I've got from family and friends and from the community as well, Gina, you know, it's just been amazing. Um, And it's opened quite a few doors um, and you never know where it's gonna take you. Yeah, I have, um, I've had a couple of people interested in working with me. Um, One of those people is a fashion house in Paris. It's amazing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) When I'm speaking it, I'm like, really? yeah, so there's there's a fashion house in Paris called uh, Lords and Fools, and they create um, fashion for men and women, which is inspired by um, military. So they they're very regal. They've got a lot of um, you know great looking outfits that they create, and um, they created John Bon Jovi's waistcoat that he's currently wearing on stage. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to ginamilitia.com and
2: click on Join the Community.
1: All right, so this week we're talking about Speedlights, the complete guide to working with speedlights. Where do we start with this one, Gina? All right, so imagine, Val, how amazing it yes. would be if you
2: could just carry the sun in your pocket. <laughs>
1: okay, Sorry. yes, it'd be really hot.
2: <laughs> Uh, Like, let's just go into imagination and all of that stuff doesn't matter how hot it is, how big it is.
1: Be shoving yeah. it in. You need those
2: really big pockets. You know how some jeans are really skimpy. They give you like little oh, short yeah. pockets. I hate that. Mm, you can't put your phone I mean. in. So you've you got deep pockets. In there. Mm. You can't put your keys in. You can't put anything. They're useless. Mm, um, useless. They're so pretty. apparently, the uh, conspiracy theory is that the women, the reason that uh, a lot of uh, female fashion don't have pockets is so that mm. we have to buy handbags. So anyway, I just <laughs> okay. went off on a tangent there. So imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine if you could carry the sun in your pocket and then just whip it out whenever, like you know, when you're out on a shoot and you've got like mm. suddenly it's beautiful uh, sunny day and you're going great, great, great. And then as you get closer to the time of your shoot, the clouds come in and it's dark and it's the light just goes caca, right? Mm. Or Mother Nature just goes rings up and goes, um, <clears throat> I'm not feeling well not coming to the shoot all right okay, i'm just gonna send yes. clouds instead and then what yes. do you do or you're shooting inside and it's like it's just not enough light that's what the speed lights for so it's this little portable um source of light that you can carry around in your pocket or in your camera bag add it to your flash or have it off camera it communicates with your camera and you can yeah. add when you get used to it just that little dook or a whole lot of light. Duke. A big big dump of light and light up a whole scene. You can light lots of people, you can do a little bit of lighting, a lot of lighting.
1: But What's the big version of Duke? Oh, Duck? Oh because Duke is the little one. <laughs> duck. <laughs> 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 you
3: reckon? I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, but when you
2: know, when you look at it have you got a speed light, Val, for your camera? No, No. I do not. But you know what they are. We use them, like, last time I did your headshots, I did uh, use speedlights. So um, you spent a couple of days following them around doing, like, a part of a speedlight course. Yeah. So Hmm. speedlights, when you look at them, there's lots of dials and buttons and things like that. But why don't you define for people
1: what a speedlight... Gina, why don't you define for people what a speed light is, just in case they're new to photography.
2: So it's uh, a speed light is a type of flash that is connected to the top of the camera. That was the original uh idea for the speed light it would be something that sits on top of the camera little portable flash tiny little flash unit that communicates with the camera and you fire it off and then sometime 10 or 15 years ago some clever little MacGyver cookie right just mm-hmm. went uh what would happen if we took the speed light off and then we could take use the speed light like a little studio flash. Wouldn't that be amazing? And they managed to MacGyver um, a way to do that. And then since that clever little cookie d- did that the first time, now we've got this whole... Um, heap of ways that we can use the speed light off camera and you can also like light, light with four or five speed lights you can have 20 speed lights and the advantage of these over say a studio light or any other portable lighting is they're they're light they so you get the speed of light is very light so they're fantastic i love them for traveling And Mm -hmm. I uh, love them for even shooting, you know, smaller headshot sessions. I won't do use them for for big studio shoots, but definitely if I'm doing a single headshot, speedlight works well. I use it a lot for my street photography and things like that. So they're very, very handy. So that did I cover the definition well enough? Yeah, pretty good. All right. So. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but when you look at them, there's, you know, you've got the on-off switch what the hell are all the other buttons? And there's lots of them. And I've always wondered, and a lot of times it's like, you know, when I was first starting out, I'm like, I don't know what that button is. I'll just leave <laughs> that alone. And, you know, and so most of us are using our speed lights and might just like bolt them to the top of the camera and then that's it. And that's and you'll turn the camera on automatic and all this. But you've got this whole wonderful world with speed lights. So this episode Val I'm going to break it all down and tell you what everything does and some really really cool stuff that you can do with this little item and if you're buying uh, a third party like something like a Yongnuo or a Godox you can pick one up for about 60 to 80 dollars which is nothing so you may as well buy two or you can buy a name brand now if you're a canon shooter Yongnuo and Godox it's basically uh, allegedly reverse engineered canon they're exactly the same it's the same thing so like if you're used to shooting with canon you can buy a third party like Yongnuo or Godox and it's like the interface everything looks the same um, if you're shooting with another um another brand then or, or something like a Nikon then Uh, You can follow along and you can get the gist of what I'm talking about, and they have the same features, but it might be in a slightly different position or different to access. So, for that, I actually highly recommend you follow the RTM protocol, Val.
1: What's that? What's the RTM protocol? Read the manual. (laughs) right so just
2: read the manual and uh you know uh find out where all the little um you know because you'll find out you'll hear stuff that'll resonate you go oh i want to try that and it's like well where's that little doohickey doohickey technical term for the little bit that controls that all right very technical Now, just a couple of things. Let me break down a a couple more definitions. So the speed light itself, when you're using it on camera, sits on something called a hot shoe. Now, a hot shoe has got nothing to do with actual shoes. It's actually like a little... um, kind of a little u-shaped thing that sits on top of the camera everyone is, see, is seeing those things and then the the speed light actually slides on top of that and connects to the camera now the reason yeah. it's a hot shoe is it means that the speed light will call the speed light steve will call the camera <laughs> dave all right so steve okay. the speed light connects they're connected they're physically connected to each other and um the fantastic uh hans who invented the whole (laughs) camera and all the theory behind it the very very clever science behind it means that now the speed light can talk to the camera and so if you've got your camera set to Whatever uh, aperture you want to shoot at, and um, you know your native shutter speed of your DSLR, the and you take a shot. Dave says to Steve, "Steve, we're taking a shot. I'm taking a shot. I'm taking a shot. Get ready!" And Steve's like, "Oh, I'm ready! i ready!" And what they'll do is, this is really clever. So, dad Steve, the speed light. Yeah. When, you've ta- when you press the shutter, and this all happens so fast because you might have a shutter speed of 1 150th of a second, right? In that 1 150th of a second, what Steve does first is he sends out a little flash, just a little one, a pre flash. This is if you're shooting in uh, TTL mode which I'm going to mm-hmm. break all these terms down for you, but um, through the lens metering is basically what it means. Okay. TTL or ETTL evaluative through the lens metering. Basically what that means is your camera, you you, you go to take a shot, you press the button and let's slow down time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Slow it down. Steve, Steve, the flash, the speed light, sends out a pre-flash that goes over to your person and feels around a little bit, looks around the room and goes, we oh, reckon, Steve, oh, I reckon we just put about this many hertz out of the light out. And it measures actually the amount of light that you need for the shot. Then it goes, the the, the then it reports back to the flash, Steve, I reckon you need this much flash. Okay, got it. Dave, ready? Here we go. And the flash goes off,
1: right? They're very clever, aren't they? They're so clever and you get a shot that looks half
2: decent. Now, um... It's not always, it's like I tend to find that working in ETTL mode, which is basically the automatic mode of using a flash, is a little, uh, I find it a bit too heavy-handed for my liking, but it's a perfectly great way to learn, just like when you get your camera for the first time, you shoot in, in auto mode until you get the, the sense of it. You're going to get great shots if you shoot ETTL, and you've got this great um, relationship between the flash and the flash and the camera and you can take that further you can actually take the flash off the hot shoe all right and you can mount that onto a a light stand all right and you can still have the flash and the camera communicating with each other with something like a, a transceiver receiver relationship right now when you're mounting your speed light not on a camera but on a light stand, you'll need another kind of um, attachment and it's called a cold shoe. Now, basically what a cold shoe is, is a hot shoe but without the connections. It's just a little, it's like a little doohickey, doodad, that you (laughs) you slide the speed light onto and then you can attach it to your light stand. All right? and right. then you've got this way to shoot off camera so that there, did like a little breakdown of a couple of uh the you know some of the terminology there so you've got your hot shoe when it's attached yep. to the camera cold yep. shoe when it's attached to a light stand
1: And your doodad and your doohickey.
2: Yeah, doohickey, doodad, very important um, technical terms to know. Now, in terms of the speed light, you've got the name brand. So let's say you're a Canon, Olympus or Nikon, name some other big name brand. Fuji, you can get dedicated flashes that are made by the manufacturer. And what you'll find is uh, I have a – I use Canon – Uh, and Fuji and I've got Canon um, flashes as well and they're really well made and the the advantage of buying the name brand is if you're someone who's out there and you're shooting in the rain you're an event photographer you have to be you you, you want your 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 gear to absolutely work day in day out and even if it gets a little bit of water on it and you're opening the battery compartment and Putting new batteries in, turning it on and off all the time. You want something that's heavy duty, or you're a wedding photographer, right? You don't want your gear to break on the day. So that's if it's that you're using it that heavy duty amount, and it's crucial for your craft. Then I think buy well, and something like the uh, the Canon 600 uh, EX speedlight is a great buy, but it comes at a cost. It's I think it's about six or eight hundred dollars. They're not cheap, right? Now you not can cheap. get. If you're someone who's starting out and learning and you do a little bit of uh, shooting here and there and it's not like, you know, that rugged workout and you're not always out in extreme conditions and things like that, then something like, and I have all of these flashes, I buy them so that I can use them for tutorials and prove that it's not about the gear, it's what you do with the gear. And I have had great results with Yongnuo, Godox and the Canon all right? And and I can tell you now, you can't tell the difference. You can't look at my shots and say, well, that was um, shot with the Yongnuo or the Godox. It's not the Canon. I can tell because the little in the doohickey is slightly different. <laughs> you can't tell. Now, there is a difference. There is a slight variation in like the number of flashes, the build, the durability, the colour of the flash won't perhaps be as neutral when you get a cheaper flash. But honestly... Lightroom, Photoshop, if you've got a little color cast in the color of the light, you can easily remove it. So it's no biggie. So go for the the cheaper brands if you want to learn, but I recommend get two at that price in case one breaks. Two of
1: the cheaper brands. Yes,
2: in case one breaks, all right? And it's just handy, and I'll show you uh, in in this um, podcast, it's just handy to have more. Now, basically, if you've got a smaller speed light, uh, they're around 80 watt seconds. So basically, then almost at full power, depending on where you live in the world, you can almost overpower the sun with these flashes um, and now like you've got uh, Godox bringing out slightly bigger ones like I've got the 200 watt second version of the Godox flash and that that gives you enough grunt to overpower the sun so but can you um, please
1: define that because I know that some people find that term confusing what you mean by overpower the sun So if you, let's say it's a bright, sunny, blue sky day, and it's
2: midday, and you've got the sun in the sky, okay? And I've got, I'm going to photograph you, Val, on the beach Mm -hmm. there where you live, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine if the sun is directly above your head, and we've got nowhere else to go, there's no shade. I have to take this photo in this place with the sun directly above you. What is going to happen when you've got sunlight directly above you? Can you tell me what you imagine that's going to look like in daylight?
1: If the sun is directly above you, you'll have a shadow under your chin. So there'll be a dark bit under the chin and also under potentially your nose and maybe depending on how deep set your eyes are, maybe your eyes.
2: Or how dehydrated you are, because I find if I don't drink enough I get really deep sunken eyes. So like and and people have different okay. like some it true. And some people mm-hmm. have like a slightly um uh their, their, their forehead juts out a little bit more, so you'll get like yes. raccoon eyes. Okay? No, yes, so yes. so that's what happens at midday. But if you've got a, a flash and you turn that on and put that in the shot, I can eliminate or fill in all those shadows, so it'll eliminate the um, light, the, the shadows in a shot, and right. fill okay. fill the shadows. So that's basically what they were designed for. And also, if you're shooting in a room at night and you want to illuminate the shot, that's what these speed lights are, are really handy for. Now. Mm-hmm. The problem with, if you're working with a speed light and you're working at full power, so you need to work at full power, you've got to wait uh, a little bit longer for the recycle time. It takes longer. So if you're shooting at full power, it might be... um, a couple of seconds before the, the flash is ready to take the next shot. And you think that two seconds isn't a long time. It is when you've got a group of people standing in front of you waiting for you to take the shot. So you're constantly mm. going, okay, guys, here we go. Mm. Take the shot. And then you go, yeah. all right, just waiting for my flash to uh, not ready yet. Just like <laughs> keep it up. There's great energy. Dave, you look good. Steve, everybody look good. All right, it's ready, ready, ready. Okay, here we go. You can see how that's going to. um. Uh, slow down um, and kind of kill the vibe of the shot. So that's why I recommend that if you're uh, doing, like, a whole couple of days of photo shoot and you've got people coming coming in and leaving, and it's like, I don't recommend speed lights for that sort of work. You're better off Mm. with a studio light because you just... Bang, 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 bang. And they're just like the plug-in lights, the plug into the power. You can shoot and you can get a lot more done. Um, But if it's just like one person, like you on the beach there, Val, we'll have uh, Rexy and Rocky holding that (laughs) light. You know, remember when uh, Beyonce announced the birth of her twins? Oh, yes. With that photo of her holding the two babies? Oh, we yes. could do that on the beach with you, with and Rox, and, <laughs> Rocky and Rocks, Rocks, Rocky, Rocky and Rex. Don't you think that'd be super cute? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, but but so so just be aware of that. So. Basically, you can use uh, your speed light to illuminate a dark room or to fill shadows when you're um, shooting outside. Fills in shadows, and there's a whole heap of creative ways that you can use them too. So you can actually use them on camera, hot shoe, off camera is a cold shoe. Very, very well done. All right. So let's have a talk let's have a chat <laughs> about Dooduck. the two No, no, it's a cold tube. So what are all the buttons for? So obviously like you know you got your on off switch. It's either a button or it's a switch depending on which brand you're using. Fine. Now, there's another um, button that you'll notice on all f- uh, speed lights and it's called mode. What what are those modes? What do they mean? So we've got ETTL, or some flashes might call it TTL, and that's evaluative through the lens metering. So basically, what that means, and this is like what many many photographers use. Now, I use uh, TTL when I'm shooting events because um, I've got the flash on my camera. And I want my flash to be talking to the camera the whole time. So I'm going, uh, I might be shooting in a room that's dark, and then I might go out onto the balcony and shoot more guests outside. So inside, outside. Outside might be full sun, daylight. Inside is uh, a bit dark and moody, and they've got the you know the band in the corner. And they've got the, the beautiful ambient, and the guy passing the canopies. Around. Is that how you say it? Canaps, canopies. What? How do you say canopies. that word? Yeah, canopies, right?
1: No, no. And no, oh, you're talking about canapes. Canopies, that's <laughs> it.
2: So he's, he's, he's handing those around, right? And it's but, it, but it's but it's really low light in there and moody yes. inside, but outside is bright sun, midday sun. So what you want is um, you don't have time when you've got, like, suddenly you've, you see that, uh, you know, uh, a-list celebrity with this politician in the going, oh, I've got to get that shot. And if you, like, you've you set on manual you might have your flash set to the wrong setting so I don't recommend shooting manual flash when you're shooting events like this. And um, what the um why is Gary carrying on now?
1: yeah. Uh. It's That's, so Gary, it's a Gary dog. is Sorry. Gina's dog. Yeah.
2: So back to the party, Val. So I've got yes. ETTL. And uh, so basically what happens is no matter how I set my camera, so I'll set my ISO uh, and I shoot on manual mode with ETTL of the flash on camera, no matter how I uh, set my camera, uh, ISO, f-stop and shutter speed, uh, mm. the flash will... Um, Work out what exactly is the, the, the amount of light I need. All right. So okay. we're just going to hold that thought. Okay, Val, we have to pause okay. for a sec. I've got to let Gary out. <laughs> all right. So okay. gonna, we'll just pause for a sec. All right.
1: Okay. All right. We're back. We had to just pause the recording for a second because Gary, Gina's dog, went crazy. We're back. Do continue yes. Gina. So We don't
2: usually uh, um, record this early in the day, and I think now we know why, Val. <laughs> so we will just stick to our evening records. But, all right, so we've covered uh, TTTL, like, great. Um, it, it, it allows basically you're telling the camera to work out how much flash to pop into a shot now i'm going to explain later on how i exactly how i work with ttl but i just want to um make that um give that that definition okay so that's what the ttl mode is it's basically like shooting in automatic on your camera the the flash will determine how much flash Um, is uh, emitted and it's actually it's pretty good you have i have to say that it it, it actually works really well and it's fantastic when you're starting out and definitely takes all the pressure off and even uh, like i see a lot of photographers shooting in ttl mode when they're using off-camera flash as well so um, it's it's a good way to get started the next mode you will notice is m now M stands for you want to give it a guess, Val? Manual? Yeah, fantastic. So <laughs> manual mode. So manual mode, when you change your flash to manual mode, you've pretty much converted your speed light into like a studio flash. So you've got this little little handy little unit, this portable little unit, and you can actually dial in the power. How much power that flash puts out, so you can go from full power all the way to 1/128 power, which is amazing, and you've got these like little third stop increments in between, so if you are more hands-on with your photography and you really want to control the amount of light that you use and this comes in particularly handy when you're doing off-camera flash okay so when i've taken the camera off the hot shoe put it on the cold shoe and i can use it to light portraits or light rooms and i want to actually have more control over how my how my flash looks i use manual mode and when i'm shooting my Uh, Street portraits, corporate portraits if I'm using a speed light. I prefer to shoot in manual mode because uh, I want to have more control over how the light looks, okay? So that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we're getting further down to the another mode um, that people will probably uh, wonder what it is and what you use it for. I'm going to explain it today. So we've got this mode called <coughs> multi. And um, if you guys want to follow along, I've actually created little diagrams. I've got my colored pencils out. I've drawn little square boxes showing you where everything is just so it makes it really easy so you can find those at ginamilitia.com and just uh, click on the podcast episode and you'll be able to see these show notes so multi is basically um the a mode setting and what happens is um you can the the, the, the in the time that you set the camera the flash will go off multiple times so, you know, when you're right. in, you know, in your rave days, Val, when you're going out to, to, to the nightclubs yeah. and it's like, you know, and, you, and the, there's that pulsing, flashing light, right? That's what multi reminds me of. It's like having a little nightclub in your house. So, if you just wanted to okay. uh, have a little uh, nightclub in your home and you couldn't afford to get all the, the bells and whistles, just turn your flash to multi and it'll just keep um, flashing continuously. Cool. So... All right, so multi valve. So you've got, uh, you can, um, it'll it'll flash uh, many many times, right? So and and what would you use it for? Why? What is this multi for? So it's like kind of was invented before we had digital photography. So it's been around for a long time and it's a way to get multiple exposures in one frame. So um, I've got an example here where I've got the, uh, the speed light set to multi and next to it, it's like what I did is, uh, cause it's like I had that nightclub feel, I got my little disco ball out, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I tied a string to it and I set the multi flash so what you can do is you can tell it how many flashes you want it to, to go off in the time frame. So what I did was you've got to shoot it in a dark room. So you can wait till night time or if you've got a way of blocking out the light. And what I did is I uh, set my uh, ISO to 100. I had my shutter speed at f5.6 and I had my, um, sorry, my shutter speed to one second. And I had my f-stop to f5.6 in a completely dark room. And I set my multi to uh, fire off six times, right? So you can set that and I've shown you where to do that in the diagram. So you set the hertz and tell it how many times you want it to flash. And then I had a piece of string tied to my little uh, disco ball, right? And what I did is I just held it in front of the, um, the lens and I was, you know, like if someone's trying to hypnotize you, you you're making the, the ball swing from side to side a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. All right, so that's what I'm doing in front of the lens. And then I hit the shutter. And so from, from the time that the, the, the ball went from one end, end of frame to the other, the flash went off six times in that, in that one second exposure, right? right? And what you get is a photo which has got the ball in it six times. I've cut yes, it off there. right? right? Yes. See that? So where this comes in, you, you might want to do it is like, let's say that you're a uh, sports photographer and you want to take a really cool shot of someone doing a golf swing. And so oh, you yes. set it to multi. And so as the person's swinging to the time that they strike the ball, you might have your flash set to fire 10 times. Okay? Right. In a dark room, you're going to capture... The the swing from the top when he goes back all the way and then again and again and again until it strikes the ball and maybe the ball going off as well. So anything that's moving is going to be photographed again and again and again. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, that makes so
2: sense. it's like this really cool feature. Or you could be, uh, you could take a portrait of someone. So let's say you had a nice wide backdrop, like you know six feet wide, and you've got your your set set up. You could ask your person, say you had someone, and get them to just uh, dance across the frame, and strike oh, yeah. a different pose really quickly, just twirl around the frame. The flash is going to go off, fire. And that whole time, it's going to freeze the action each time the person um, moves across the frame. So you're going to get like six or eight or however many times you tell the flash to go off to, um, Mm. it'll freeze the action. So you you could do it with food photography, you could do it with product photography. So if that's something you're interested in, that's what the multi do. Now, so Canon, Godox, Yongnuo, call it multi-mode and Nikon, call it, the repeating flash function so um that's uh that's that that's that so they're the the three modes explained and so basically i think as a shooter you're going to definitely use tttl and you will mm-hmm. probably use uh, manual mode. And I don't know many people that are using multi, but it's like good to know. And it might be fun to experiment with, but that's, that's what that does in case you were wondering. All right. So mm-hmm. now we've got our flash options valve. So you've got two options that you can shoot. You can shoot your flash in normal mode, or you can shoot in high speed sync. Now, if you have a um, normal camera with a um, a shutter, like a DSLR, okay. what it is, it's le- let's go to. I know you love theatre Val. so you know when before <laughs> when you're sitting in the audience waiting for the curtain to um, to come up, um, and then at the yes. end of the performance the curtain comes down. That's pretty much how a shutter works. So when you press the shutter, the curtain comes up right? Mm -hmm. It exposes the film. And then there's, so you know how um, in in cinema, there's sometimes there's two or at at a, uh, you know, a musical or or a stage play, there's the front curtain. And then there's sometimes there's a back curtain, right? Two curtains, same with the camera. Okay. So when you press the shutter, the front curtain comes up and then It'll mm-hmm. stay open for the, uh, the shutter speed that you've determined. So if you've um, set your shutter speed to 1 60th of a second, when you press the shutter, the front curtain comes up, and after 1 60th of a second, it closes the shutter with the rear curtain. The rear curtain comes up behind and closes, okay? So the front okay. curtain opens, you expose your shot, Rear curtain closes, finishes the exposure, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Now, because of this, um, each if you've got a DSLR camera, there is a limit to uh, how fast you can shoot with a, a speed light or a flash, you've got a sync speed which is native to each camera. It's usually around 1 200th of a second or 1 250th of a second. Now, if you're okay. shooting in normal mode and you go above the sync speed of, let's say, you're shooting with a Canon and it's 1 200th of a second, if you try and shoot a little bit faster, say 1 400th of a second, what happens is the flash duration is faster than the 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 curtain coming up at the rear the rear curtain gets in the way of the flash and is still closing as the exposure is finished and so what you'll get is you'll get a black bar in your frame all right so you can see in the show notes i've got on the left there i've got one two hundredth of a second f4 with off-camera flash and that is yep. John Cena, I think, is my little um, – Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? That's who you it is. You've got to look at yeah. the show notes, yeah.
1: everyone. Check them out at ginamilitia.com because Gina's used a figurine, yeah. like an action figure, yeah. uh, to to do this. But she's got John Cena. <laughs> yes.
2: So um, on the camera left, he's uh, shot with one two hundredth of a second F4 off-camera flash, no issues whatsoever. That looks all perfectly balanced, okay? Mm-hmm. When, um, and, and I can, like, for the sake of the experiment, if you're working with a uh, native flash, so if you've got a Canon flash uh, and you're trying this, um, it's just it just won't let you go above a 200th of a second. But if you use, say, a Yongnuo or, a, you know, a third-party brand, you might accidentally go over that shutter speed. And what you'll find is you'll look at your images and you'll go, oh, there's a black bar on my image. And that's because that rear curtain um, is too slow getting out of the way and it'll catch if you try and shoot a little bit faster. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, makes sense. So
2: it's important when you're shooting in normal mode that you have to stay within the recommended shutter speed or slower of what the camera tells you. Now, this can be problematic, Val. So let's say Mm -hmm. that... I've got my shot of John and it was like a sunny day outside and it's like I, I like shooting at f4 but it's like oh, I'm starting to see a bit too much of the vegetation in the background and the background's a bit jarring. What I'd really love to do is shoot with off-camera flash at, at an f-stop of 1.2 on my 85 lens, right, and I want to yeah. shoot... And i want the background to be really dark and moody all right so i want i want that shallow depth of field but i want to shoot at a faster shutter speed now i know that in normal mode i can't do this mm-hmm. and the reason you might do this is let's say you wanted to shoot outside on a bright sunny day like this mm-hmm. the, you know that uh, portrait of you holding the twins on the beach yeah. right <laughs> rex you, and rocky you in a uh, macrame bikini right and holding one <laughs> one one little kitty in each hand and it's midday right mm-hmm. but but what you've asked is like what you really want is the look that you know when you've got blue sky water mm-hmm. and sand and you throw that right out of focus you really mm-hmm. want you and the kitties to be the hero of the shot and you want the background to be just dreamy and completely out of focus so it's just like yes, blue yellow I right so and I, like
1: so- a t- typical cover shot
2: like a typical cover shot, we used to have little backdrops that we used, yeah. like for, yeah. you know, for, for that sort of thing. But you want to create yeah. that look. That's you wanted to do sure. a uh, 1986 cosmopolitan cover shoot, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so if I wanted to, because we've got the problem, Val is like, um, I don't want you to have raccoon eyes for this shot, so I need to use fill flash, right? Because it's midday, but. At 1.2, uh, you know, even at an ISO of 100, shooting at 1.2 means that if I try and shoot that outside in midday, my shot is like five stops over because it's too bright for me to shoot at 1.2. So if I wasn't using the flash, I could increase my shutter speed to one two thousandth of a second and I'm going to get the correct exposure, but now I can't use my flash unless. I use the next technique, which is if I change my flash mode to high speed sync. And this is this other little clever thing that some clever little cookie at the flash factory (laughs) invented. And basically...
1: Doesn't he or or she have a name like Hans? Yeah, but
2: I need to think of a name. Like I think clever cookie just covers it, you know? Don't you think? Gender neutral, it's a good name. Yeah, but everyone else
1: has a name. Dave, Steve. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, I'll think of a. I think of a name, but let's like, so the, the the clever cookie at the speed light factory has come up with high speed sync. And don't ask me how this works. I think it just sends out lots of little, and you know, as all the scientists that listen to this podcast are face palming now, Jesus, it's like, it, it, it just like sends out lots of little flashes instead of one big flash to get around the, the shutter opening and closing. All right. Now, all the mirrorless people is like, oh, we don't have that problem because, you know, we've got a leaf shutter and it doesn't matter what your shutter speed is, which is fantastic why I love my Fuji X100F because I can shoot at whatever shutter speed I want without having to worry about high-speed sync. But if you've go got the DSLR or or you're shooting, not every mirrorless has that capacity to shoot um at high shutter speed. So you wanna go to using high speed sync. I can now, your shot on the beach valve, I can set my aperture to F1.2. Uh, I've got that nice creamy, dreamy background. Now I can bring in my flash. I can up my shutter speed to one two thousands of a second, change the mode to high speed, and suddenly I've got this beautiful shot of you and the kiddies Blue sky, water, all creamy background, perfectly lit, dreamy shot using high speed flash. Cool. All right. Okay. So there's yeah. John, and I've got the same setup, but now I've got my f1.2 lens and I've shot him at one two thousandth of a second, same setting. See how the background completely uh, dreamy, bokeh background. Okay. So you can't yes. even tell where it is. And then just. Going to the uh, next level, I upped it to one four thousandth of a second, and now I've completely gotten rid of um, any colour in the background. I've got a black background just by changing my shutter speed using high-speed sync,
1: right? And clearly... All Genius the animals are going are very nuts. we are never going to do an afternoon
2: <laughs> session again. So basically, because we are in lockdown and I live in front of a reserve, there's a path that people cut through in front of my place to go up a laneway to go on their walk, and so normally. We don't see any people around here, but because we're only allowed out for an hour a day, everyone that's walking past the property, little Gazza is just guarding his place. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? This is my place. Basically, he's just a grumpy old man. Really? All right. So, we've got a high-speed sink covered there, Val? Yes. That all makes sense? All right. So... The next little option that you may have wondered, and so, you know, I've also attached the icon there so that you know what it looks like and there's a little diagram for how you can access it, all right? And again, if you're not sure, it's not hard to uh, Google your uh, speedlight manufacturer and find out how to work with high-speed sync. Highly recommend you give it a go. Maybe try it on camera first and see what you get. You'll love it, I promise, all right? The next one, cool. um, and this is something that you can do for creative photography, and particularly for event and portrait photographers, is rear curtain flash. Now, remember how I explained Val that when where the the way the shutter works is there is two curtains in the shutter, so you get the front curtain opening, the um, yep. image exposes, and then the rear curtain closes to um, end the end the exposure, right? Makes sense. Yep. Okay. Now, um by default, your flash and every flash is set to open, um to fire when the front curtain opens. So when you press the shutter, the front curtain opens, and if you've got a flash on camera, right, or off camera, the flash mm-hmm. fires as soon as you open the front curtain, right? It goes off. Yes now when you change it to rear curtain flash what happens is you press the shutter the front curtain goes off and then Mm the 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 flash will go off at the end when the rear curtain is coming up okay at the end of the exposure now it uh-huh. doesn't really matter if you're shooting at one two hundredth of a second or one one fifty of a second. It doesn't really make a difference. So if you're outside, rear curtain, rear front doesn't matter. It's it's all going to be yeah. the same. But where it gets really interesting is like let's say that you're an event photographer, and you're shooting uh, the bride and groom having their first dance. So you can imagine fairy lights everywhere, nice moody dance floor, right? And you and and um. You know, sparkles all over the dress. Low lighting, beautiful. So, what you want to do is you want to the the, the groom and the and the bride have gone and learnt some really groovy um, dance, and they're twirling around and around on the dance floor. And what you want to do is you don't just want a static look to the dancing, right? You want to incorporate that movement. All right, and you want some, maybe some light trailing. So let's just say, for the sake of this argument, that the bride Zilla is wearing a um, a, a tiara that's got um, flashing lights on it. Okay, it's a very uh, high highbrow wedding <laughs> now. So she's got she's got the sparkling lights on her tiara. Right, imagine that. And the groom's spinning her around and around going, what the hell have I gotten into here? How do I get out of this? Because she's already changed. She's like, okay, you're mine now. No, anyway. (laughs) So they're twirling and dancing around. So if you've got your flesh... Um, change to rear curtain flash, what happens is, and let's just say I'm going to do, it's really low exposure in the room. So I'm going to do a one second exposure. So my shutter speed is set to one second. Okay. okay. And so what happens is they're dancing. All right. And it's set mm. to rear curtain flash. I take the photo, the front mm. curtain goes up and the camera starts exposing. All right. So yeah. it's, it's bridezilla with a flashing tiara <laughs> Okay, the camera is recording for that entire second. And then at the end of the second, the flash goes off. Curtain closes, end scene. Okay, now... (laughs) What happens is when you record that is because, um, and we remember from the light painting episode where I said you've been in a dark room and you get a light Mm. you get a phone or a torch, your shutter Mm. opens for a few seconds and you wave that torch around. It's going to capture those trails of light. This is exactly what's happening with rear curtain flash. So while the shutter is open uh, and for that first second, as it's exposing the camera is recording Bridezilla's uh, lit-up tiara as it's twirling around the room. So you're going to get that, those streaks of light, right, as they're twirling around. And then just at the end of the exposure, at the end of the one second, the flash goes off and it lights mm-hmm. up the bride and groom. And there, because of the, the power of the flash, um, it, it freezes the motion. So what you get is you get yes. this lovely light trail leading up across the frame to capturing the bride and groom. So you get this lovely movement. And I've demonstrated it here in the show notes so you can see exactly what the rear curtain flash uh, recurtain sync icon or recurtain flash icon looks like. So if you accidentally, like me, you're fumbling around and you go, What's this mean and why is it weird? You know, that's what the, the icon looks like. So it's very easy to um, engage just by finding the sync button and bringing up that icon on the frame. Now, two examples here. Um, the top image is a Uh, candle where I've set the camera to rear curtain sync and I've had Mm -hmm. an exposure of, I think I had two seconds, again, in a darkened room. So the candle's lit and all I did is hit the shutter and then just move the candle across my frame, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can see that um, for the first... Uh, you know, for the two seconds that the, the frames are, are open, um, all I have is there's no light. The only light that's being exposed is the actual flame of the candle and mm, that becomes mm, a light mm. trail. And then just at the end of the frame, bsh, the flash goes off and lights yeah. up the candle and freezes it. Now with front curtain sink, same thing. I'm just um, holding the, 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 um, the candle in front of and moving it across the lens right Mm. and so what happens is i push the shutter the flash goes off straight away and then the shutter stays open for the remainder of that two seconds so what i've done is it's like it's gone off it's frozen the candle at the start and then i continue i drag the uh candle across the frame and then you can see i've got the trail of light in front of the candle does that make sense yes for front so so basically um it makes more sense if you if you're trying to track someone that the the trail of light is behind them rather than in front of them so it's so much fun this uh rear curtain flash so have a play with it and uh you know just muck around with the time frame and um you know it's a good thing you know just try it just get a candle and experiment in a dark room and uh see what happens and then you can experiment with it if you're doing dance photography i've seen it Mm. done in studios i've seen some amazing images uh done with it so it's uh it's well worth experimenting
1: Cool. That was really interesting. Um, yeah, people should definitely have a play. So what next? Yeah. All
2: right. So, um, okay, so you've got on every flash, you've got a little pilot test button. So that's uh, really good to know. Make make sure that your flash is firing so you can just push that. It's got a little... Um, Uh, like a lightning bolt and above it, and then it usually lights up. So, you know, it's not until you actually... It doesn't look like something that you could push to test the flash, but you can. So you can push the pilot test button to make sure that your flash is firing. So that's there. Now, this is a really handy um, flash setting, and it is that you can actually... um, If you're shooting in manual mode, you can change... The flash zoom settings. All right. So on the flash zoom, the, on the flash, you've got something called flash zoom settings. So what do I mean by flash zoom settings, and what when would you use it? Mm. So let's say um, uh, your. So it, it works uh, in, if you're shooting in ETTL or TTL mode, all right, uh, ha, you do this experiment. Just put the flash on your camera and say if you've got something like a 24 to 105 lens or a 24 to 70 lens, like a zoom lens, okay, have a look at what happens when you open uh, zoom out to 24 millimeters look what you'll hear it on the flash you'll hear this zzz, zzz, zzz. what it's doing is the flash itself also changes the zoom settings so it'll become a wider angle flash when you're shooting wide angle and the reason for this is let's say you're shooting at 24 millimeters you know that the angle of view of a wide angle lens is a lot wider so you're seeing more um, more of the frame light, right? When you're shooting wide. Yeah. That's why it's called a wide angle lens. Yeah, yeah. So when you are got a flash on the camera and you want to light a wide shot, you want to make sure that that flash goes from one side of the frame to the other. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the flash actually clever cookie at the flash factory has made the flash wide when you shoot wide. And then when you bring in your long lens and you might shoot to, say, 105 and you want to do a a tight shot, what it does is it it narrows the beam of light that's emitted from the flash and makes it the same angle as the uh, focal length that you've chosen. So clever. Cookies are clever. They're very you? clever. So again, I've got another little diagram in the show notes, which shows you, um, and a lot of people don't know that you can actually, if you're shooting in manual mode, you can physically change the zoom setting. So, and again... Um, If you're not using, say, the Canon flash or something similar like a Yongnuo or a Godox that I've got in the diagram and you're using something else, please, please, please follow RTM protocol, okay? Yes. So, um, you can (laughs) see that I've highlighted the spot where you see what the zoom setting is and then also it's in the function under the function button it'll say zm which is zoom and slash function that's the button that you need to hit and then once you um, engage that you can actually change the zoom setting now if I can understand when the flash is on camera and I'm zooming from wide to to long why you'd want to do this, but when I've got my flash off camera and I'm shooting manual, when would you want to use like a narrower zoom as opposed to a wider zoom? Well, I'll give you like one really good example and um, I've done actually, there are uh, if you want, if you're a gold member and you want more information on how to use the Zoom settings, how to change it, and all of that, I've done uh, quite a few tutorials on this because I think it's a really uh, important way to get control of your flash. So check those out. But one one example I'll give you is like, let's say that you wanted to replicate hard. Daylight. Now let's think about it. Hard daylight is um, the sun is very far away in the sky, okay? It's a small source of light. So what you want to do is replicate that with your speed light. And the way to do that is to make the beam of light, like when it's wide, it's going everywhere, right? It's a wide beam of light. But but if you change the zoom setting and make it like as narrow as possible, suddenly you've turned your speed light from wide, putting light out everywhere to a very narrow focused beam of light. So it comes in very handy for like replicating daylight. So you wanna make your, your beam of light flashlight more concentrated or let's say that you want to do a portrait where you just want to add a little dook of light to the face but not everywhere else you can change the zoom setting of your flash so you just have this very concentrated narrow beam because you don't want the light going everywhere does that make sense yeah it makes sense so very handy so that's the flash zoom setting all right so finally uh val one of the uh the biggest things that you can do uh, to control the way that you use your flash mm-hmm. is by changing the power settings. Now. When you're using the flash in automatic mode, which is how I do my events, uh, this is what I do. Put the flash on the camera, set it to ETTL, and then I'm shooting in manual mode. So I'm deciding the shutter speed and the aperture and the ISO that I want to choose, and I'm letting my flash determine how much light is allowed into the shot. But as I said earlier in the show, I find... Personally, Mm. when I'm shooting with ETTL, I find that the clever cookies in the Flash Factory are a little bit too... Um, conservative in right. the way that they have programmed the flash. And then often it's overlit, and you know the shot, you know, when you see it looks, it looks fake, mm. it's too much light. Mm. It doesn't look real. Um, or sometimes it's not enough light. Now um, when that light beam, when Steve the speed light sends out that light beam and checks out the room, sometimes he gets it wrong depending on what else is going on in the room. So you might not get quite the right light. So what I like to do is, is and what you can do when you're shooting in ettl mode is you can reduce or increase the power of light so you can override what steve says and go mate i know you're doing a good job here but what i want you to do is just back off a little bit mate all right back off by two-thirds of a stop right a little bit less and there's a little dial that does that you don't need to tell him to do that you, you, because that gets awkward, right? So you push the plus minus button. And again, I've highlighted this in the in the show notes. And then you can just rotate the button and just dial down or up mm. the amount of flash that you want. And this is what I do when I'm shooting events. I'm riding that button the whole time. I'm like up, down, because I'm checking the light and I'm like, all right, that's too much. That's not enough. And you're constantly fine tuning. And what you get is a far more natural looking um portrait this way or 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 shot that you're lighting okay so it's not too flashy which is uh, how it works now in manual mode if you're shooting off camera with the flash same thing and also TTL if you're shooting off camera you don't need to accept what Steve gives you as a flash you don't need to accept that you can say dial it down turn it up so if I've got the flash set to manual Basically, all I've, I've got a little portable light source that I can tell exactly whether I want to increase the amount of flash or decrease the amount of flash, and that's the simple way to do it. Now, just for your info, the uh, the settings uh, go from full power to one one twenty eighth of a power, and each little click is a third of a stop. So um, you know that, and um, if you go from full power to half power it's effectively a full stop of light so that's just a a good way to uh, work out how to calculate just a couple more things val yeah so just know that when you're working with speed lights the um the lower the power setting that you're working with, so you've got full power all the way to 1,128th power. When you're down the lower end of the settings, like 1,128th, 164th power, something like that, lower settings, it's the the duration of the flash is much shorter. And this is important. So you, the burst of flash, it's like tick, yeah. right? Whereas if you're at full power, it's tsk, See how it's a longer? It takes longer to get it out. Okay. I reckon I explained that really well no. then.
1: No.
2: Why? Try, try that again. So when you've got a, a low power, say 1, uh-huh. 164, very small power, it comes out very quickly, right? It okay. flashes right. in and out very okay. quickly. Right. But when right. it's full power,
3: <laughs> okay. you see how that
2: got took it. longer? Yeah. Just okay. did that scientific. Now... Why is this important to know? Okay, if you are shooting, say, something like a you've got your martini glass set up and you want to get the olive dropping into the martini glass mm. and you want to capture the moment where the olive hits the water and the splash comes up mm-hmm. and you want to have every single drop of water absolutely pin sharp, yeah. right? Yeah you use speed lights and if you want to capture everything and freeze action, then what you want to do is have your speed light setting lower so the duration of flash is instead of so that there is no drag and there's no time, there's not that extra time for the right, droplets of yes. water to move slightly, yes, right? Yes. So if you're doing high-powered, high-speed photography, you want the shortest flash duration of. Um, possible Mm. and you can do that so in this instance instead of using like one flash at um full power you might engage three flashes all at uh you know a lesser power so you get a shorter duration of flash i hope that makes sense worth experimenting with because people get confused with shutter speed it's not the shutter speed that's controlling the Mm. flash it's the flash duration all right, and the yes, other thing is, sense. if you're shooting out of an event um, and you've got your flash set to full power, you're going to have to have uh, like to wait for the recycle time. So if you actually up your ISO so that you need less flash, lower the flash mm. power. What you'll do is you conserve your battery for longer and your recycle time is faster. So that's the goal Good so team. that you can just fire, 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 okay? Now all flashes come in with these little built-in diffuser. So you've got this little white bit of card that, um, that slides out of it. That's like a little eye light kicker. So what that does is if you've got your flash on your camera and you have the flash pointed up at the ceiling, cause you're yeah. trying to bounce light off the ceiling into the model engaging that little white card will just actually push just enough light into the, into the eyes to give a little catch light. So that's what that's used mm. for. You've also got this little plastic thing that um, you pull that out and that goes over your flash. Yeah. That's like a wide angle diffuser. So when you're shooting wide, it's good to use that. It just um, sort of softens and spreads the light a bit better. And also in your kit, you'll get this little um, white plastic dome that goes over the top of the light. That's another really basic diffuser. And depending on how you use the light and the angle of light, that is a great way to soften the light and um, get rid of harsh shadows when you're working with speed light. So that works good. And then... um, You've got some little doodads on the side. So if you look at the side of the thing, doodads is a technical term. You'll often have a PC jack, which is like a little port that you can attach... um, like external transceivers and receivers, and you've also got a slot that you can attach an external battery. So that if you don't want to use um, batteries for your flash, you want your flash to recycle quicker. You can get something called an external battery pack that just keeps your flash going um, all day long. And then some flashes have like little mini USB ports. So that's what the little doodads on the side are. Now, finally. Um, When you've got a couple of flashes, what you can do is, this is another little clever thing that the camera, the clever cookies at the Speedlight Factory have come up with, is you can have one flash talk to another flash. So you could have 10 flashes and you can set them up so that one flash is in charge of all the flashes. Okay? So one flash can be your controller that sits on the camera that controls all the other flashes in the room. So you might have one flash as a controller and another flash as the receiver. And you can dial in the settings and... um, and make it all work that way, which is really handy so that you can shoot with multiple flashes. Now, there's other ways to do it. There's these uh, funky little units that will sit on top of the camera and control all the flashes. You can control them in groups, but you can also work uh, with two speed lights doing that. And so, um, basically, uh, we've got this really outdated system of naming um, the the receiver and the controller um, that needs to be... um, uh changed i think so we've still got this old system um, that the that they use in the in the science world of using the the, the head controller is master and then the receiver is the slave so um, basically know that and so that you need to make sure that if you're working with more than one flash you need to make sure that the one that is in control that's sitting on your flash is the master and then the one that you're using to fire off is the slave so we often um you might have problems connecting the two that way uh now um what canon does which is really clever is if you are in master mode it lights up yellow and if you're in slave mode it lights up green isn't that clever Mm -hmm. so you know so you know that if you're or you're using like five uh, cannon flashes they should all have big the all all the ones that are the the um receivers need to be um oh, sorry slave is yellow master is green okay. all the receivers need to be yellow and you need to make sure that the master controller is uh green so that you know it's like it's a really w- good way to see at a glance what every everything is doing um So, and that's that's pretty much it. Now we can go into, they've got a whole other episode where I'll go into uh, what the best modifiers to use are and how to soften and and, um, shape your light. But that's a whole other episode. But I just wanted to do a deep dive into what all the buttons mean. I'm sorry that uh, my pets were, they've all gone to sleep now, um, were so misbehaved during this um, episode, but uh, hopefully you guys got some uh, good, good knowledge out of that, uh, that one.
1: All right. So that was practically a university degree into (laughs) speedlights. Yeah. (laughs) And chances are you might have to listen to that again to get all of the amazing nuggets, so many nuggets, uh, out of this particular episode. But thank you for breaking it down so comprehensively, Gina. You're welcome. And please just
2: take 10 minutes out of your day, take the speedlight out, set your camera up, In a dark room at night you know and just play around with the multi-flash play around with high speed sync and um play around with uh you know the 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 rear and the front shutter because chances are you'll you'll find once you know how to do it there'll be an opportunity will present itself where you'll go, oh, I'm going to try this as a multi-flash portrait. Or I might try this as, you know, I'll drag the shutter here and get this uh, really cool effect. So, and it, it, once you, it sounds confusing, but honestly, once you've got the unit in front of you and, and you actually experiment it, I promise it's really easy. It's not as, you know, don't let all those buttons and dials and doohickeys <laughs> uh, you know, overwhelm you.
1: Fantastic. All right, so this brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina?
2: You can find me at GinaMilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And I'm at GinaMilitia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then check out the Goal Community. It's at GinaMilitia.com and click on the Goal Community. What about you, Val?
1: You'll find me at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram. That's K-H-O-O. And over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we look forward to chatting to you again next time.